Hello. Welcome to Transform Your Life. I'm Deborah Demander, and today we are talking about the midpoint. As I'm recording this in my quiet little studio, also known as my closet, which, as a side note, my closet is getting a little bit leaner and cleaner. I've gotten rid of a few things. Every time I think I don't have anything else to get rid of, I realize there's a little bit more that I've been holding on to that doesn't really serve me. And isn't that funny? That's kind of how our lives are as we, as we start to release uh, emotional things, emotional trauma or emotional pain, as we start to rid ourselves of unhealthy relationships. We, we start at the surface layer, the easy stuff, and then we think, oh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do more than this. And then we do a little bit more, and it feels a little bit better. It's the same with fitness, too, I've noticed, for myself anyway. When I do a little bit more, I feel a little bit better, and that inspires me to do a little bit more the next time. And in a way, that brings me to our talk today about the midpoint. We are, as I record this, halfway through 2023. It is July. It's July the 3rd. It's early Monday morning. My weekend got away from me. I had every intention to record this early uh, on Saturday or Sunday since I like to record on Sunday and get it out at the very first of the week. I was um, paddleboarding yesterday with friends out on the lake, and it was beautiful. It was a wonderful experience. Such kindness and kinship with these friends and just spending a day, you know, with people that you that you really have a connection to is always nice. It's always nice to feel connected. And I got to thinking about how how my life has shifted from the first of the year back in January to now in July, the first of July. And at in January I I did I attended a what was called a goal setting party. It was online, of course. The hostess of the gathering was is in England. And the goal setting party was really effective. It was really helpful for me to put together some intentions to intentionally begin my year and to break up what I wanted to get done for the whole year instead of you know, just making a whole bunch of, of plan, uh, not even plans. You know how sometimes we, we set a, a New Year's intention or we, you know, we want to lose 20 pounds or whatever it is, save $100. But we don't ever set up a way to get there. <clears throat> so this goal setting party, it, I think it was about two or three hours long, actually. And if I remember, it was on New Year's Day. And it was really inspiring because not only did we set some really concrete goals, we also made steps uh, to achieve those goals in terms of, you know, looking at quarterly, what it would take, what we would need to do to revisit those goals quarterly and kind of a monthly plan to stay on track for whatever it was. And to be quite honest, I know I have it written down somewhere. I have that. I have a notebook with all that stuff in it. Uh, it's a planner, actually. And I did kind of write down, I think I had two main goals. One of them was to travel and connect with my my kids. My kids are kind of far flung across the country. And I really wanted to mindfully make some trips and emotionally connect with my my children, my siblings, my mom. And I have, coming halfway through the year, I have done some of that, and I would also like to do more of that. 
So now that we are at the midpoint, I'm going to I'm going to get out my planner and I'm going to go back to the beginning of the planner where it has like an overview of the year and I'm going to look at where I said I wanted to be and where I actually am now that we are halfway through this year. And that's what I'd like to encourage you to do. Whether or not you set goals for the year, whether or not you have goals for what you want to achieve in your life in any, you know, in any time span, one year, five years. I know some people do that and a lot of people don't do that. When we want something in our lives, we really need to have an idea of how we are going to get there. Whether it's uh, to take a trip or to um, to have a certain kind of job or to get an education or to reach a fitness level or whatever. There's so many different kinds of goals to build a business, to make friends or to, to start a relationship Whatever the goals are, we need to have we need to have a some kind of a plan for how we're going to achieve that, and then we also need to have some accountability and part of that is at the midpoint uh taking a look back, reflecting on what what we've accomplished so far, uh, celebrating those accomplishments, and then looking forward to the amount of time we have remaining. And what we want to do or what we need to do in that amount of time in order to get to where we want to be. And I know for me, um, it's been kind of a, a reflective month because I just turned 55 and I've said for years that I um, intend to live to 111 Although, as I said in a recent podcast, I think I'm changing that to 122 only because <laughs> 111 is getting really close. It's only 55 years away. I don't know that I'll have everything done in that, in those 55 years. Because now I'm at the midpoint of that. And I look back at what I have done so far and I love my life. I've done so many things. And there are still so many things yet to do, to accomplish. And it's not all about hard work and more money. It's about, for me, uh, living a full life. And my year, my year plan is also that. I think I had, I think I had two main goals at the beginning of the year. Um, to travel and to connect with my kids more, or my family, I guess. Because my mom and my brother and, you know, people that I'm also close to who I'm not related to by blood that I that I love. So making travel important in order to connect to people. And then for me also uh, creating a business in my new environment. So I have a wonderful community of massage and yoga people in Wyoming who I love and miss deeply and I want to create a community of not only clients and not only like-minded yogis <laughs> I use the term yogi quite loosely if you want to join me for some gentle yoga we can do it anytime and you then will be also a yogi <laughs> if we're doing it I'm going to I'm going to claim the name. But, and it's not only about money, it's really for me about connection. And ultimately, my desire to travel is about connection. I want to connect to my people. And my people are, you know, my family and my friends. And, you know, you guys who are listening to me are my people. The people who find us in life can become our people, the people that we, um, you know, that we feel really connected to on a heart level. Those are our people. So midpoint through this year, how are you doing with what you said you wanted to do this year? 
did you say that you wanted to do specific things this year? It's always interesting, you know, we get so inspired at the beginning of the year because that's like a fresh start. But now it's July, it's hot. Most parts of the country in the U.S. it's hot. Uh, Our energy might be different now. My energy is definitely different in July than it is in January. And my... um, My goals to connect, however, remain pretty much steadfast. I really still feel that desire and that intention to connect to people, to have a flourishing business and also to um, have flourishing relationships in my life. What are your priorities moving through this year, moving through the remainder of 2023, or, you know, if you're listening to this at some time that isn't now, (laughs) actually, you're never not listening to this now, because now is the only time we have, so (laughs) whatever day you're listening to this, whatever year you're listening to this, right now, what are your goals for the time left? If you're at the midpoint of a year, or you're at the midpoint of a life, or you're at the midpoint of an event, how do you want the rest of it to look? So we've already gotten through the first half, and now we have the second half. What does that look like? It's funny to think about being in the second half of my life, because I It seems so short, and I feel like I have so much that I have yet to accomplish. Not only, it's not only about accomplishing, but just experiencing. There's so much life yet to experience. And the same is true for this year. We are in July, and we have so much, so much to experience. Summer has really hit full force here, and it's in the hundreds, which I love. It's a little bit onerous to be outside during the day, though. (laughs) Surprisingly, although I love the heat, I'm finding it to be a bit taxing. So I like to get everything done in the morning. And it has, um, you know, shifted the way I see how I will... um, how I will show up for this month and that that may impact how how the rest of my year goes who knows I want to get everything done early in the morning because it's too hot late in the day you know people for massage let's say want to do it early people who want to do yoga with me want to get it early in so that we can um the rest of the day is just you know stay out of the heat so I am intending, um, and it's a full moon today, so it's a good time to let go of, um, you know, stuff that I've maybe piled onto my schedule or thought that I would accomplish this year. And maybe with this full moon, it's time to release some of those unrealistic expectations that I've held onto that really don't serve where I want to go moving forward. And I think that can be part of our um, midpoint reflection is looking at what we've accomplished so far and looking at where we want to go. What's changed? Maybe your goals have changed or maybe, um, you know, you started off the year thinking that you wanted something and now halfway through the year you realize that "Mm, I don't really care about that anymore. Or I've achieved that and I'm moving on. Or who knows what. So it would be nice to use a few days this week to reflect on where you are. And it's also the beginning of a new month. So where do you want to go this month? Not only for the rest of the year, but what do you want to experience 
if we're if you're in the northern hemisphere, we're in summer. What do you want to experience this summer? If you're a teacher, and I know some of you, um, some of my wonderful listeners are teachers, you're you're halfway through your summer break. <laughs> you get June, you get July, and then part of August, and you're back in the classroom. So this is your time of fullness. What do you want to feel and experience and be and do? Halfway through the year, what do you want to experience for the rest of this year? What, um, what surprises have come up over the first half of the year? And how do you want to utilize those surprises moving forward? Surely, over the last six months, something happened that you weren't expecting or something showed up in your life that was unannounced. <laughs> as much as I try to plan everything, I had some surprises over the last few months. So, you know, what, what surprises did you, did you get thrown to work with for the rest of your year? And I could look at that for my life. <laughs> Although I must say, <laughs> from the time I was born until now, this halfway point, Everything was a surprise because I didn't really have a plan stepping into my life. You know, I guess my soul had a plan for what it wanted to experience. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my soul is satisfied. Anyway, um, this is going to be a short one today. I just wanted to check in and see how you're doing halfway through, halfway through this year. This is a in the U.S., a long holiday weekend, kind of. I mean, today's not a holiday, but we're having the 4th of July, and um, so lots of people have been, you know, out and about over the weekend celebrating already. I know the town I'm in is doing a thing tonight, celebrating. Um, so just take a little time uh, over the course of the next few days to reflect on <laughs> are you at the apex or the nadir are you at the bottom of the pit looking up things can only get better are you top of, are you at the top of the hill looking down knowing that you're about to get a whole bunch of momentum and speed forward or are you halfway up the side of a mountain and looking up at uh, another half yet to climb lots of ways to look at being halfway there and um, it's always important, and I often forget this, to look back at what you've already accomplished this year. What have you done so far? And remember to uh, celebrate those accomplishments. Celebrate the small wins that have shown up in your life so far. Make a little note of the fun you've had, the experiences you've enjoyed, the challenges you've overcome. And and give yourself some credit for what you've already done. And then bolster yourself for what is yet to come. I don't have anything else. I don't have any more wisdom for you today. <laughs> Not that that was wisdom anyway. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I hope that you find some time to reflect on what you've done and what you've yet to do. Welcome to the midpoint of the year. It's a, We're halfway to Christmas, friends. <laughs> Actually, Christmas is more, we're closer than halfway because it's in December. But <laughs> halfway back to winter, holy cow, can't even imagine. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Namaste, friends. Hello. Welcome to Transform Your Life. I'm Deborah Demander, and today on Transform Your Life, we are talking about hurt people. No, this is not a how-to guide on how to hurt people. <laughs> this is 
Um, you know, I got to thinking this week. I got a, I got some texts from a, from an ex, and out of the blue, hadn't talked to him in years, and it took me by surprise. And we exchanged a few. We had a few exchanges by text, and then he said some really hurtful, mean things. And I immediately got defensive. I immediately wanted to lash out and say, here's all the things you did wrong. Here's why the things didn't work out. Here's, I mean, I had it all. I had started even to write a text. And then I thought, you know, why? Why get sucked into that? Why get sucked into someone else's drama? So I didn't respond, and I actually deleted the whole thing. And no, I didn't block him. I don't typically block people. It's, it's silly. If 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 uh, someone messages me or texts me, and I don't want to talk to them, then I, I either don't respond or I let them know that um, I'm not gonna have any further conversations. Anyway, I, I started thinking about this person and the things that they've been through. And I thought, you know, he's, he's really hurting. He's been hurting for a long time, not only physically, but emotionally, I think. And I remembered, I don't know where I first heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people, but it's, it's true. And when someone lashes out at you or when someone has an angry outburst or someone whether it's characteristic of them, of their personality, or if they lash out in a manner that is uncharacteristic of who you know them to be. We, you know, typically we immediately become defensive and we say, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? I didn't do anything. What's your problem? You know, we want to we wanna push the blame back onto them. Instead, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, Maybe we could consider either saying out loud or wondering to ourselves, what happened? What happened? Something happened to hurt them. And I'm sure, you know, if you ask somebody in the middle of a fit of rage, what happened? It probably won't be met well. Uh, I did try this with myself, actually, um, a little bit of a different version of that, of asking what happened, you can also ask, what are you afraid of? Oftentimes in my life coaching uh, practice, when someone gets really intense about something or when something is clearly a charged subject, my question for them, and my question for myself, when I get really angry, I ask myself what I, I talk to myself sometimes out loud if I'm alone and in my head if I'm not alone. I say, Debbie, I talk to the little child inside of me. Debbie, what's wrong? What are you afraid of? And then I listen. Sometimes I answer myself out loud and I say what I'm afraid of and sometimes... It's just, you know, in my head. I'm talking to myself in my head. If I'm alone, I, I will talk out loud. I'll be honest. It helps me to process things when I speak them out into the world, when I speak them into being. Thinking is one step. Speaking a thought makes it more real. And when you act on a thought, that really makes it a concrete, that man makes it in the physical world. So there's thinking and then there's speaking and then there's doing. And this is a good exercise. Even if you're not dealing with someone who is treating you badly or being unkind, this is a good practice for you to do with yourself. When you find yourself getting angry or um, emotional, ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Most of the time we're afraid of losing something or we're afraid, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. We're afraid we're going to be hurt, we're going to lose something. 
And if we can keep stepping back and stepping back and stepping back, we can really come to the root of our fear. I've done a lot of studying over the years. And I, I read a lot of different things. I've, I've read the Bible many, many times. I've read a lot of other books of, let's call them perennial wisdom. Like the, um, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff I've read and I'm drawing a blank. Well, I've read um, like the Kama Sutra, not the Kama Sutra, what am I saying? Yes, I've read that, but that's not pertinent to this conversation. <laughs> the, the, um, the Bhagavad Gita, that's what I was looking for. And um, the Quran, I've read that. And a lot of other, for some reason I'm drawing a blank. I should have made a list before I began speaking, but I did not. What I'm getting to, however, is that in most of the writings of philosophers and teachers, there is a basic understanding that we really have two feelings. We have love and we have fear. If we aren't responding to a situation or coming into an interaction from a place of love or even neutrality, then likely we are fearful of something. We're fearful that we will not be respected. We're fear fearful that we will lose our standing or our reputation or we are fearful maybe that someone won't respect us if we don't if we don't act tough, whatever. So when you are in a situation if you're in a situation where someone is being aggressive verbally or even well if you're in a place where someone's being physically aggressive my suggestion would be to get out of there but if you're in a place where you can have a conversation with someone and it's it's not easy but try try to take a breath and look them in the eye and ask with sincerity what are you afraid of Ask yourself that question. What are you afraid of? I had a, I had an experience a couple years ago. It was several years ago now. That really, I, I did this practice and it was really eye-opening for me. I was, um, I was seeing someone. And, you know, most of my lessons come through relationships. Most of the things I learn, most of the experiences... I have in my life. I have been criticized for that and that's okay. I I don't make any excuses for that other than to say it seems to be where I find most of my opportunities to learn lessons. And here's the thing I find interesting. So years ago I had a very close friend and she she often would um, consult with, I guess consult, yeah, she would consult with a psychic, I don't know what all this other lady did, she was a psychic, she did like tarot readings, she did astrology charts, I, I think she still does do that, she's like a professional um, psychic, I don't know how I feel about that, so I'm not, so that is neither here nor there, but my friend would Almost every year, she would get a reading from this other woman on her birthday, kind of the year ahead. And we were, we went through, we went through um, cycles of being very close, and then she would break up with me and we would not speak at all. So it was a cyclical relationship. Not ever on my part. I mean, I was fine just being friends, but... <laughs> Every six or eight months, I'd make her mad for some reason. And not intentionally, just by being myself. <laughs> and we wouldn't be friends for a while. But anyway, so there was one time when this, my, my friend, went to the psychic and she asked about me, which, whatever. And when she was talking to me about her, her psychic reading, she said that the psychic told her that I would learn all of my lessons in relationship. And at the time, I 
didn't think anything of it. I've been in lots of relationships. I have eight children, for one thing, and I've had a few husbands and a few other intimate relationships. So I believe that's true. I don't, that woman didn't had never met me. She didn't know me, but I think maybe she had my birthday information. I don't know what, what information my friend gave her, but that kind of stuck with me. I just kind of remembered that in the back of my head as I have traveled through different experiences. And then a few years ago, maybe four, four, four or five years ago, I had a professional astrology reading, which I'd never done before. And I learned a lot about myself. The thing about a professional astrology reading is that it is like someone knows you intimately. Someone you've never met knows things about your personality that it's like it was the most moving, deep experience. And the woman who was the astrologer, very kind, um, she just, she said things like, you probably have a lot of books. You like books. And it's likely that you might have started every one of those books, but you probably haven't completely read all of the books. You know what? That's absolutely true. If I had a house full of bookshelves, it would be full of books. Some of them read many times and some of them glanced through and some of them never even opened. I love books. <laughs> I can never have enough books. I can, no, I, I, love, I love books. I love reading. I love laying outside in the sunshine and reading, sitting in my recording studio reading. I love to read and it's true. That was just one little tiny example um, of what she, she talked about during this reading but one of the things she said because of where planets and things are in my in my astrology chart she said that my challenge in life she said that what I had been good at was taking care of people and making sure everybody's okay and putting myself last and that's absolutely true and she said that my karmic challenge my higher calling is to start learning how to put myself first and that was that was hard to hear and um, but the thing I remember her saying was that my because of where everything is lined up in my chart I'm very relationship oriented and that's just not only about being married or whatever I like to connect with people. I like to help other people connect to people that I know will help them or will push them along the way or will benefit their life in some way. I love connecting people to each other. I love being connected to people. I I, I also like to be alone. <laughs> I like nothing more than to just sit and be quiet and be left alone. But when I am... <clears throat> out in the world I'm a connector I want to connect myself to people and I want to connect people to each other because I I meet a lot of people I meet a lot of influential people and you know everybody has some kind of influence every one of us has things we know and things we can do and ways we can help and I am I have a gift for seeing what gifts other people have and bringing their gifts to the people who need them or can use them or can make them even better. That is what I love to do. So anyway, um, so backing way, way, way up. <laughs> so I learn a lot in relationships. So I was in this relationship years ago. This all comes back to hurt people, hurting people, and what happened to you, and what are you afraid of? I'm going to tie it all together. <laughs> so I was in this relationship, and I was in I was in Wyoming, living in Wyoming at the time. Had my three youngest kids. I think might have been when Samantha was starting high school. Maybe I don't. So my. Um, the oldest of the three youngest, she would have been starting high school and the other two kids were in middle school. I think it was around that time. I was in this relationship and it was, um, 
rocky's not the right word. It was unpredictable. That's a better word. It was unpredictable. And to be quite honest, I never knew where I stood with this other person. And we were in Wyoming, and I had been thinking about moving back to Colorado. And I was taking my kids home to Colorado to see their sister and their dad. And they were going to spend maybe a week there, I think. So I dropped them off, and then I was going to go back and get them the next week. And I had decided when I was uh, going out there that I was going to start looking for a place. I thought I wanted to go home. I I did want to go home. I really wanted to go home. I was tired. I had at that point been in Wyoming for maybe, I don't know, six years. And I was tired of the winter and I was, I don't know, just, I wasn't feeling it. And I was ready to go home. So I uh, took my kids back. I looked around for some places that I could rent to do massage. I looked around for places where I could teach yoga. Because I had um, been doing my own business for a few years by then. I guess maybe a year or two years. I don't know. Anyway, I thought that perhaps I could just move back there. And the person that I was uh, in relationship with at that time had told me that his um, former fiance was flying out to visit him during the week. I was gone for a weekend and then my kids stayed and then I went back. But he was, he had told me that, cause I was gonna go to a concert and I said, hey, do you wanna come with me to Denver? You can go to this concert. And he said, he didn't, <laughs> He said, no, my former fiance is coming and she's going to check out some nearby hospitals and she's a doctor. She's going to see about uh, moving here. Just dropped it like that out of the blue. And I was like, okay. So, of course, um, once I left and got home to Colorado, uh, I was mentally panicking. I was with my daughter and we were out at dinner and I kept texting this person and He wasn't responding, and I knew he was with this other woman, and it was stressing me out. (laughs) So silly. And the next morning, I had my my kids and I, we were all hanging out, and the girls were going to go take pictures. We were by this river, and I just felt so out of sorts, my mentally and physically, just I felt way out of whack. And I started to do some yoga just by myself in the grass, and I had my eyes closed. I was slowly moving through the poses, trying not to cry. And I said out loud, okay, Deborah, what are you afraid of? And I said, what if this person rejects me? What if this person doesn't love me? And I said, I thought about it, and I moved through another yoga pose. Big inhale, and I, what if this person doesn't love me? And I moved into another pose. And as I held that pose, I thought about it. And then big inhale and I moved. And I said, well, I guess that wouldn't be the end of the world. I've survived breakups before. I've survived much worse breakups than this. This would be nothing. And so I just kept asking myself, so if you've survived something like that, then what are you afraid of? And I, I, I got down to, I was really afraid to leave what I had in Wyoming, what I knew, a a business that was um, thriving and uh, a home. And my, you know, my kids were there and they were stable in school for an unknown moving back to Colorado because I knew, you know, I had been in Wyoming for maybe six years. My friends had moved on. My friends in Colorado, they, you know, I'm sure they missed me, but they they also had lives that they needed to get on with. They weren't sitting home waiting for me to come back by any means. As I worked through that, as I talked myself through, what's the worst thing that could happen? I asked myself that several times. Okay, if you move back, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I talked myself through it. And by the time the girls were done taking pictures, I had maybe done half an hour of yoga, just moving gently, breathing, asking myself out loud. I was in a park all by myself, so it wasn't like I was making a fool of myself. I was just softly asking, what 
What are you afraid of? What's the worst thing that could happen? If that is true, what is the worst thing that could happen? And by the time I was finished, not only had I moved that fear out of my physical body, I had also worked it out of my mind so that I wasn't monkey-minding it, like worry, worry, worry about all these different things. I had really worked through it, and I felt very peaceful. And I spent the rest of that weekend really feeling peaceful about whatever the outcome was, whether he was with her or whether he was with me, or did I even want to be with someone like that? So it's a good practice when you are faced with someone who is acting irrationally or, you know, let's just go back to the basics, what happened to me the other day. Someone sends you some texts, you get pulled in, you start texting them back, and then they drop some junk on you. You can respond in a nasty way and escalate it. You can throw it all back on them and, you know, let them know all the things they did wrong that deserved you to treat them that way. Because you didn't act like that out of nowhere. You can delete them and block them. You can... This is what I did. I didn't even respond. I just said, wow, I wonder what happened that made him hurt today, that made him hurt, that he wants to hurt me. I wonder what happened. I didn't ask him. I didn't respond. I didn't go into it with him. But giving myself that space to wonder, huh, I wonder what happened that that person would be hurting again and and wanting to lash out. And I'm a pretty safe place for people to lash out. And I think my people know that. And (laughs) I know you're listening. (laughs) And I know you know that I'm not going anywhere. I know you know that I love you. And you can get mad. And you can yell. And you can cry. And you can be ridiculous. You can do all the things you want to do. And I'm not going anywhere. Because hurt people hurt people. And love, love allows space. Someone who loves you will allow space for you to be hurt. And they will hear you and they will hold space for you. And they will continue loving you. And for me, that's the biggest lesson. That's the biggest challenge is knowing that people hurt and that I don't necessarily need to fix it or make it better or answer it or push against it. I can step back and hold space and be love in that space. And sometimes being love means walking away. Sometimes when you love people, you have to let them be. You just have to step back and let them be. My friend who, um, my friend who breaks up with me periodically, uh, we are not friends again. And, and that friend said the last time we texted, she said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm hurting you again. And I said, I understand you're not, you're not hurting me. I'm not hurting. I'm sorry that you're going through whatever you're going through again. And I am, I'm sorry that that person is going through that. I'm not hurt by that. The only person hurting is her. And what good would it do me to get mad or to be upset or... You don't want to be my friend? Okay. I don't understand why. Like, I want to know what I did or whatever. But I don't... I don't need an answer. What I need is to say, Okay, Deborah, how are you going to show up? Who are you going to be? And that's the challenge for you. Maybe for this week when someone behaves foolishly or lashes out. Can you just step back and hold space? Maybe not even asking what happened. But just holding space. And maybe you can hold space for yourself when you're feeling hurt or scared or fearful or angry. 
step back and ask yourself, what happened? What am I afraid of? Be, be honest, because you're only answering yourself. And as you work through that, well, I'm afraid he's going to get mad. Okay, Let, I'm just being hypothetical. You're afraid he's going to get mad. What would happen if he got mad? Well, I'm afraid he's going to hit me. Okay, do you want to be in a place where you are fearful of being hit? Maybe you need to get away from that. Be honest with yourself. I'm afraid that if I do this, I won't have the money. Okay, well, can you make money? Can you... I mean, ask yourself the hard questions. And be honest with yourself. Hurt people hurt people. Sometimes they hurt themselves. And a lot of times they hurt the people around them because they just don't know how to act. They don't know what to do. And they just don't... They don't always live by our the rules, the rules that society put there. So what can you do this week when you run into someone who's hurting? What can you do for yourself this week when you are hurting? Can you hold space for that little kid inside of you who maybe didn't get what they needed? I think... At the end of the day, every child, every person on this planet who was once a child has some hurt place where their needs weren't met. Maybe by their parents, maybe by friends or whomever. And there's a place inside of each one of us, I believe where we're hurting, where we have this wound that is so deep. Can you hold space for that? Can you hold space for your own wound? Just this week. Can you say to that little person, I'm here and I promise I'll take care of you. I'm here and I won't hurt you. I'm here and I love you. I'm here and I'll protect you. Can you be that for yourself? So here's your assignment for this, uh, for this week before we talk again. And I would love it if you text me or email me or messenger me or how you know however you get a hold of me you know how you do if you would tell me tell me how <clears throat> tell me how this goes for you so what I would like you to do is sometime during this week maybe when you're um maybe do it when you're not upset and then when you're upset revisit it so I would like you to sit quietly and think about young you what is that? How, how old is that kid? I think little Debbie is probably, I think she's about six. I saw a picture of myself somewhere. I think my mom has it. Um, I had pigtails and a skirt, a little short dress, and I was standing by my little sister. And I think we were probably five and six maybe, or five and seven, somewhere around there. And so I would have been about seven. And... Um, <laughs> that's me, that's little Debbie. <laughs> I I don't know where that actual picture is, but I can see it in my mind and it makes me smile. That's the girl that I talked to. I used to wear bell bottoms and turtleneck sweaters when I was that age because it was the 70s and that's what we wore. <laughs> so little me and my little bell bottoms, my little pigtails and my little uh, I don't even know what those little 60s dresses were called, but they were little cute A-line dresses, kind of. That's the girl that I talk to. Hey, Debbie, tell me what's going on. And if you, if you close your eyes and think about that younger you at whatever age you envision it, and you tell that person that you are there for them, that you will take care of them, that you love them, that's going to go a long way 
to helping you heal that wound. You can be there for yourself in a way that the people in your life weren't when you were young. And I don't care who it is or how powerful they are or how rich they are or how successful they are. Everybody has a younger version of themselves that didn't get what they needed at some point. You know, for some of us, you know, it goes for years that 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 pain is there. And some people address it and heal it much sooner than I did. (laughs) I don't know that I'm done yet anyway. So just have a conversation with that little person, that young man or that young woman or that little girl or whoever. Imagine yourself and just have a little visit with them. The next time you're feeling, uh, I don't know, stressed or uh, anxious or whatever it is, take a pause and ask, hey, little Debbie, what's going on? What are you afraid of right now? And I'm happy to say that right now I'm not afraid of anything. I am peaceful, happy, and light. Life is good and... um, you know, this, and I'm not trying to spew toxic positivity. If I was having a crappy day, I would certainly tell you. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, the struggle is real, and we, we carry on, friends. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you go. Don't forget to have a conversation with yourself this week. What are you afraid of? Because hurt people hurt people. And if we can heal our wounds then we can be the love, we can be the balm, we can be the help in times of trouble that people need. Anyway, I love you. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to talking with you the next time. Namaste, friends. Bye.